Okay, before we get into it, before we kind of start punching through, let's just bring us up to speed. We're in chapter 10. If you're hopping in on this episode, don't worry. Don't get lost. You go back. I would encourage you to go back, read chapters 1 through 9. But chapter 10, we are at this huge climactic moment in the advancement of the gospel to the world. Because all the way up until chapter 8, it was all in Jerusalem among Jews. And then it started to bust out of there and get a little bit Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Now we're hitting ends of the earth. We're hitting the Gentiles. Cornelius is the first non-Jew to hear the gospel, believe it, and receive it. This is huge because most all of us here, I think, unless you're Jewish, we're Gentiles. This, this chapter ought to have that much more sentiment and relativeness to you because you're a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. And so it's exciting. Jesus gave Peter the keys, Matthew 16. He opened up the door in chapter 2 to the Jews at Pentecost. And now he's opening up the door for the Gentiles in chapter 10. As we go through the text tonight, because it is, this is the moment that we've been waiting for. This is the moment Cornelius has been waiting for. This is the evangelistic moment. And I don't know if anyone, if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've evangelized at all or shared the gospel at all, please, this is huge. This is huge. Pay attention tonight. This is an evangelistic moment. And two things I want to stir your thoughts right now before we break into the text is, do you share the gospel with others at all? That's the first thought. Just do you, do you even share? The second is, do you share it all? Do you share the gospel at all with people? Is that even on your heart or your mind? If you're a Christian, it ought to be. I don't care if you're a one-day-old Christian or a hundred years old Christian. The second thought is, do you share it all, the whole gospel? Think about that as we go through this. Lord, help us. Thank you. Awaken us. Keep us alert. From the youngest to the oldest, help us as children to come and sit at your feet. Speak to us. As we, as we left off last week in verse 33, they were all present in the presence of God to hear the word of God. Let that be everyone in this place tonight and online in Jesus' name. Okay, let's do this. The verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Verse 36, for, as for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Let's go slow. Let's pause there. Pause there. So Peter, who's been perplexed, right? If you've been with us last week, he had a vision. Remember the, the heavenly picnic? The white sheet that came down, all the mixed animals. And he's like, what is going on? What are you trying to show me? Three times, what's going on? Simultaneously, God's working in Cornelius. He gets him there. Now, as he's there, he opens his mouth. I get it. You see that? Truly, aletheia. That word means reality. Or it means to know that it is true with certainty. 
what's real to you. This has become now a reality to Peter. Before it wasn't. What wasn't a reality? That God shows no partiality. He thought, like what was mentioned in observation time, that, oh, Jesus came to save certain people like me, but not weird people like you. Of course he would save me, because look at me. But why he would save you, I have no clue. That was deep down in his heart. And now God, who had to also reveal to Peter that he's the Christ, the Son of the living God, remember that flesh and blood reveals nothing, only the Father? The Father had to reveal to Peter, okay, yeah, that message, Peter, it's for all. The first thing we see is Peter realized the gospel is for all people. All people. That's huge. Till now, Peter had a tribalism, a nationalism, a national pride that was unhealthy. He was a little too kaoinoa, you know, like just a little bit. He was, and that was hindering him from farthering the gospel. Hear that. Every nation, ethnos, sound, sound like an English word? What does it sound like? Ethnicity. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that word. <laughs> it, it is. It's where we get ethnicity. It, all ethnicities, all nations, all cultures, all traditions, every people group on the planet. That's huge. Think about that. Black, white, brown, no matter, rich, poor, local, not local, smart, not so smart, handsome, not so handsome. It don't matter. There's no partiality with God. When you drive down the street and you see a person and you're quick to judge them, know this, the gospel's for him, the gospel's for her. It's for everyone. That might sound so simplistic. Like, oh yeah, of course. But think, ask yourself, does your life look like you believe the gospel is for all people? When I first started to share the gospel or had the thought of when I was a young believer and I started to just, oh my gosh, this is really good, I want to share it. There's two reasons why I had a hard time sharing it, and I'll be honest with you guys, especially with my friends, my friends who I thought were cool. One, I was a coward, and I wanted to be liked by them. I didn't want them to hate on me or shaft me or whatever. But two, if I'm really honest and thinking straight now, a lot of the times why I wouldn't share the gospel with people is because I already decided in my mind they're not going to believe it anyway. You ever think like that? What's the point? The point is it's for all people. Peter, took t it took time for Peter to get that. Don't, don't think it wouldn't take time for us to get it. All people, all nations. Why? Because all people are what? That's right. Romans 3, 10 and 23. No one is righteous, not even one. Verse 23. All have sin. Romans 5.12, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, death spread to all men because all have sinned. Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You followed the course of the world, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived like the rest of mankind. Everyone is a bad boy and a bad girl. We're all naughty. That's why we all need to hear this message. 
Genesis 12, all the families of the earth are to hear this blessing through Abram's family. Acts chapter 1, to the ends of the earth, send it. Matthew 28, make disciples of all nations. Chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 2, every knee will bow and confess. Every tribe and tongue. Romans 14 verse 12 says this, each of us, each of us, all of us in this room and outside this room will one day need to give an account of himself before God. The gospel is for all people. I started asking myself if I really believe that and I started to find in my sinful heart how partial I am. Why is it when I go surfing, Lord, I'm more inclined to want to share the gospel to this person, but not this person? What's going on in my soul? Have I written people off already? Do I show favoritism when you don't? Think. Remember one of the questions I asked you to ponder, believer. Do you share the gospel at all? Perhaps it's because we don't see what Peter saw. God shows no partiality. This message is for everyone, and I'm so thankful it is. Verse 37, let's keep going. So the first thing we saw was that Peter realized the gospel is for all people. Verse 37, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, and after the baptism of John was proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Okay, so let's slow down. There's a lot there. Um, you yourselves know. So he's, he's showing up, Cornelius in the household. Okay, you guys know this. You know what's been going on throughout all Judea, from, um, beginning from, the, uh, from Galilee after the baptism of John. So you know from, Peter, uh, from Jesus' baptism till now, the last three years, you, you, you kind of caught wind of what's been going down. That, that's kind of what he's saying. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. You know that this Jesus is of God. God's with him. You know he's powerful. You know that he went about doing good works and healing. You heard about the miracles, but not his message. You heard about all of his good works, but not his finished work. You see that? He's building to it. And he's affirming them. What you heard, I'm telling you, he's going to later say it. We saw it. It's true. But I want us to see this point. They heard of his miracles, but they have not heard his message. They heard of Jesus' good works, but they have not heard of his finished works. You know what? In other words, they experienced church or cool things, the effects of the gospel, but not the gospel itself. I wonder I wonder if there's anyone here tonight where your Christian experience has just been the effects of God. Like, like you heard of good things about God. He's loving. and or you, You've seen parts of his character manifested in people. You've heard cool testimonies of believers who their lives drastically changed. Those are all good parts of God, but it is not the gospel. It is not the message. He's saying, you know this much so far, Cornelius, but you still are not saved. Does that make sense? 
He's building up to the gospel right now. And he's saying, I'm so, it's crazy that I'm here. I wouldn't be here because you know this is against the law and whatnot. But God is showing me that I got I to gotta put that behind me. This gospel is for everyone. And all the stuff you've heard about Jesus so far, it's true. And it's good stuff. But he's going to continue on. Because you don't know enough yet, Cornelius. That's why you've been having all these visions, Cornelius. That's why I'm sent here, Cornelius. That's why you probably have not peace in your heart yet, Cornelius, even though you've been going to church for three years. You've been giving alms. You've been doing all these good works. You heard about all the good works of Jesus. John says there's so much good things Jesus did that if the world, could, the world couldn't fit the amount of books if we were to write it all down. So they're, they're, they're catching wind of how great of a guy Jesus was. If Jesus were to ask, up until this point, if Jesus were to ask Cornelius, who do you say I am? What do you think Cornelius would say? He probably would just say stuff like what we just read. Like, oh, I heard you're, you did a lot of crazy healings, and I heard you're, um, you know, Jesus, you're like, I don't know. You're the, you're the big stuff. You're, you're causing all the havoc in Jerusalem. I mean, you're, you're the big buzz right now. I, what else would, would Cornelius say up until this point? This reminds me of Matthew 16 when Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say I am? Oh, some, you're Elijah or you're, you're Jeremiah or just you're, you're one of the prophets. And then, and then he turns to Peter and he says, well, Peter, who do you say I am? And then Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus tells Peter, oh my gosh, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, only the Father in heaven. Here's the keys, buddy. I'm going to build the church on that. See, that is what Cornelius hasn't heard just yet. And that is what I'm wondering if perhaps there's souls in the room who, that you've heard it, but you've never really heard it. I grew up in church hearing that message washed over me, and it didn't really begin to click till age 12. It didn't really begin to take root in my heart in such a way where my life started to change at verse, uh, verse at age 17. Is, is your experience of God or Jesus so far just his works or just his miracles? Like, ask yourself, because if, if that's all you know of Jesus, if I were to say, hey, so who, tell me about Jesus. Who do you think he is? Oh, he's like that, you know, pretty rugged, handsome, hoppaholly guy that carries the sheep all the time. And, you know, he's got the beard. He's the guy with the beard and... You know, he, he did crazy, miraculous things, or he's a good teacher, he's a good guy. You may not be saved. Do you really know? Have you really heard the message? Have you? The message that says in 1 John 1, 5, this is the message we have heard and proclaimed. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. Have you heard of his finished work? John 19, when he died on the cross, Jesus breathed out his last and said, it's finished. I fear that there might be people in our midst, maybe tonight, who have only heard and known the effects of God. But you don't know him personally. So we read on. He's getting there. Verse 39. 
we're witnesses of all that he did. So all the stuff you heard about him doing, bro, we got front row seats. We saw it. Both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And look at what he points out that they saw. They put him to, what's the word? What's the word? Death. Just got to make sure you're reading it. They put him to death. By hanging him on a tree. God raised him up on the third day and made him appear. Not to all people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Witnesses. Martes. Martyr. In a legal and historical sense, it's one who sees and testifies. I was an eyewitness. I saw it happen. I, and, I, and I saw and I believe and I'll seal it with my blood, that kind of faith. That's what they're saying. What you heard, we saw it. And this is what we saw, Cornelius. They killed him. They slaughtered him. And he really did, historical fact, die. He breathed out his last. Imagine Cornelius hearing this for the first time. Okay, he died. Yes. And then, check it. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Imagine Cornelius and the house hearing that. If I told you, because I did a funeral this month, I went, I saw the casket of our beloved sister Doris with the family. We viewed the body. And Sharon told me, she came up to me, and she's like, it's just a shell. That's just a shell. We're staring at her mother's body. It's just a shell. She's with the Lord. You know, we read this stuff of resurrection, and we're just kind of like, whoa, it takes, it takes time for that to kick in. But when you're at a funeral, and you just, death is fresh on your heart, and you, you speak of resurrection, it's like, what? Cornelius in the household is hearing that Jesus died. What if I told you, oh, I saw Doris at Foodland yesterday. Yes, big smile. You trip out. They put him to death. They hung him on a tree. He died the shameful death that only sinners deserve. Verse 40, but God raised him on the third day, and then he made an appearing. He did die, guys. John 21, 25. That's important. If Jesus did not die, there was no atonement. And he can't offer forgiveness. This is not just poetic, allegory. Jesus Christ, get this. He's a real person. He's really real. And he died. And he's really alive. God raised him. Jesus, in fact, did die, but Jesus, in fact, did rise, and he made an appearing, and he ate, we ate and drank with him. How is that to be able to say, I got to catch grinds with the glorified Jesus? <laughs> Holy moly. To, to go share a meal with the risen Savior in his glorified state, that's insane. That gives me, that makes me believe, you know, the glorified body, it's a real body. Like we who are in Christ, when we rise, we're going to get real bodies. They got to eat with the risen Savior. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 5 to 8, it says that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and then to the 12, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. 
Why did they point the, why did the apostles point these things out? Because it's historical fact. This is true stuff. Luke is very keen to record very specific details. Three days later, you know how Brother Trevor is always like, it's, I don't even know today's date, <laughs> but <laughs> it's June something and something something. No, he was very clear. He died. Three days later, he rose. He's a historian. This is important for Cornelius, for Theophilus, who's reading the book of Acts, for us who are reading it tonight. It's crucial, guys. Notice when Peter preaches the gospel, he preaches the whole thing. The life, death, and resurrection. I asked you, do you preach the gospel at all? Now I'm asking, do you preach it all? Look, he mentioned his death, his life, all the stuff he did. Don't miss that. And he was sinless, Hebrews 4. His death, he did die. He was crucified. And he rose. He's alive. My king is not dead. He's alive tonight, right now, and he's with us. Revelation says he walks among us. Remember we looked at that last week? Do you believe that when you show up at church and we open the Bible, God is here. Jesus is here right now. And he ascended. The life, death, and resurrection. When you share the gospel with people, you could share them your testimony and tell them all the good things that God's done in your life, but you have not yet shared the gospel. We need to be clear on that. You can hear all the good effects about church and all this kind of stuff and all the good things that church has done for the community, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, and Jesus now calls people to repent, trust in him for the forgiveness of sins. That's the end of, the, of our episode tonight. You don't want to give general information when you're sharing the gospel. If you went on Google Maps and said, okay, I want to go to Sikhtarak, and then Google was general, oh, go to Kain that way. <laughs> uh, I need to not, no, if you're going to give direction, you got to be specific. I think we live in a time where people share bits and pieces of the gospel. This is the gospel. God loves you. Does he? How do you know that? Oh, Jesus loves you. This I know because the Bible said. What did the Bible say? Why would, if I just came up to you and said, you know, Billy loves you. Is there any Billies in the house? I just tried to pick a name that I'm pretty sure I don't, there's no Billies in our church. If I came up to you and just, Billy really loves you. That moves you means nothing. Why? One, you don't know who Billy is, and you don't know why Billy would love you. <laughs> but often when we share the gospel with people, we just say, God loves you. Without connecting the dots and filling things in with the slightest, the slightest clue of who God is and why he loves you. Why should he love you? Peter and the apostles, when they share the gospel, they're very explicit. They're very clear. Peter was a faithful witness because he clearly proclaimed the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. That's what made him a faithful witness, an evangelist. If you leave any one of those out as we reach out to our loved ones, our family and our friends, 
You're not evangelizing. You're not a faithful witness. Oh, but you know, they don't want to hear about the part about their sin. That's not for you to decide. This message is for everyone. It's his message. But it's good. Why would you not want to share the whole thing? Like, why would you not be filled with this butterfly? Like, sharing the gospel is the greatest, highest honor of any story that could flow from a person's lips. It's so true. To speak of these things, that sinners can be reconciled with God, it's the greatest thing anyone could ever say. The question is, do we believe this is good news? Worthy of sharing. You know when you have, you and your friends, you just found out something really exciting or good, and then another friend walks in who's never heard yet, and you're all like, can you, you want to share? Are you, can I tell them? It's like, who gets the honors to share with him that they didn't realize that there's more episodes to the new season of blah, blah, blah. Or I don't know, I don't know whatever gets you guys excited. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know, there's a swell this week. I don't know, you know. But like, like it's, there's an honor like when, when Sam and I found out, when we were, uh, when she was Hapai with Blue, not we, when, you know, like there's this giddiness, like, oh, how should we tell the family? You're going to text me? Gonna, let's text together. You know, like, okay, no, let's not text. Let's, um, let's let the dogs tell them somehow. Or, you know, like who gets the honors to share this good news? That should be the heart of the church with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like who gets the honors? You or me? You want to share? been really asking myself this week, and I hope that we can ask together, why don't we share this good news? And why don't we share it all? Share it all, his life, his death, his resurrection. If you just say God loves you, that's not enough. God's love is specific. He so loved the world. He loved the world in such a way what? That he gave his son. What? Yeah, his sinless, perfect son. Why? That whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Why believe in him? Well, he's perfect. You're not. He died, he rose. Oh, thing. Trust in him and you have everlasting life. Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his own peculiar, special, specific love in this. That he that he died for sinners. You don't get all of that when we just tell people, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has plans to prosper you, young man. Those are, those are true, and those are warm, fuzzy feels for the moment. You say that kind of stuff to anyone, it feels good. It's like, tell, it's like me telling you, hey, Billy has a crush on you. And you're like, oh, what? Or if you're a girl, okay, what? You know, like, Billy has a crush on you. So it's like, but you don't know who Billy is. It's just, that's flattering, but cool. That's what we do when we preach parts of the gospel. We flatter people in the name of Jesus, and they go to hell. Preach it all, New Orleans Baptist Church. In Pilgrim's Progress, Pliable had no problem continuing on with Christian when he heard parts of the good news of the celestial city. Tell me more, Christian, about this great place we're going to. And then when he hit hardship, 
the swamp of despondent. I'm out. Why? You didn't hear the whole thing. I fear that maybe there might be some of us in the vicinity. You've been following, you've been walking with the Lord merely for his stuff or the effects of. When we share, share the whole thing. Let's finish the text. Verse 42. So he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Boom, drop the mic. He got it out. Everything you heard about Jesus, we saw it, we were there. He ate with us. We drank with him. And he ascended. And our Lord King has told us, go now and preach this. Caruso, herald it, proclaim it. What? He is the anointed one, the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the judge of the living and the dead. He's the judge. He's your boss. You know how our flesh says, you're not the boss of me. Well, he is. He's the judge whom we all will have to give an account. If you're not in Christ, the gavel will come down one day. Sentence served. No mercy outside of Christ. He is the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets bear witness. He is the climax of the Bible. He's the culmination of Scripture. He is the one foretold. He's the fulfiller. He's the cornerstone. He's the centerpiece. And then he says, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Oh, his name. The name above all names. And it's free, Cornelius. This is the moment Cornelius' soul has been waiting for. Wait, so I don't need to get circumcised? I don't need to quit my job? Oh, this is not a cult. Praise the Lord. You know, like it's, it, there's, this is the moment Cornelius is just like, are you serious? Forgiveness of my sins? God's not angry with me anymore? I'm not under his wrath? Because of his son and what he's done? I believe that. I trust him. Jesus is Lord. And we'll see next week what happens as they believe, they hear, they receive, and the Spirit of God pours out on them. This is the message we preach. Peace with God through faith in Christ for forgiveness of sins. The apostles don't compromise that. They don't change it. They don't water it down. They don't twist it. And we too, we must not. We must not, Nu'uanu Baptist Church, twist or distort this message to make it more palatable or more flavorful or niceness for the world. <laughs> this is the message that saves. Put your hand, put your, if, you're a non, if, you're, if your left hand is your, your weak hand, put your left hand up. Or if you're, if you're left-handed, then put your right hand up. And put the gospel in your hands. Ready? I use the left side because this is my weakness. 
I'm a sinful rebel under the wrath of God. That's my weakness. I am a sinful rebel under the wrath of God. But my strength, my right hand, Christ died for my sins and was raised. That's the gospel in your hands when you take it with you. Your weakness, I'm a sinful rebel under the wrath of God. That is my original sin. That is my great wrong. But I have great good news. Christ died for my sins. And you lift both those hands up, and he was raised. That's the gospel in your hands, in a nutshell. Pray, pray, pray that that marinates into your heart. This is good news, and it's for all people. Don't be afraid to share, guys. The, the results is not up to us. Don't, don't, don't put pressure on yourself to have to make a convert. You can't do that. I can't do that. I can tell you there's a really good movie to go watch, but that's on you if you want. If you believe me, go watch it. I can tell you there's good surf, but if you believe me, you'll go down and surf. I thought to myself, you know, I can preach coffee pretty good. I, I can. I can. I can I can preach coffee pretty good. I can preach surf pretty good. I can preach spearfishing pretty well. I think I can talk about spearfishing enough to make someone want to try. But Christ, oh, I hope and pray that I won't preach anything more powerfully and passionately and sincerely than Christ crucified and risen from my soul, our soul. This is the message we preach. In conclusion, this is the message that saves. This is the message that everyone needs to hear. We're not responsible for the conversion. God does that. You and I are called to be faithful and just carry it. Wherever he leads us. I know some of us in the house, you're not going to be on the island for very long. Some of us might move. Some of you might be called abroad. Some of you might be missionaries to another country. You might. Some of our children here, they might be sent to wherever, he wherever you go, you carry this message. But now, tonight, you're at 2010 Nu'uanu Avenue, 96817. This is where you're at tonight. And you preach it where you're at tonight, in your home, where you are in your workplace, where you are right now. Spurgeon said this, how can we hope to see the kingdom of God advance when his own disciples do not teach his gospel to their own sons and daughters? The surest way to promote godliness abroad is to labor for it at home. You have family members, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas who don't know the Lord. You plead for them day in and day out. Look for windows and ways to share the whole gospel to them. Don't let yourself get away with, and I've been Asking the Spirit to convict me. I don't want to get away with paddling out and then getting, getting away with just like, oh, I, I, said, I said God blessed us today. I said, oh, surf was such a blessing. Whew. Oh, that was good. I'm so glad I was out there evangelizing. 
I mentioned his name or whatever. No, let's share it all. I used to hang, and I do say, kind of convicted, I used to hang a map in my bedroom. It was when I was single. I used to hang a map in my bedroom um, of the whole 96817 map of, of here in Oahu. And I used to put pins on all the churches that I knew preached the gospel. And I used to pray over all those churches and then just pray for the 96817. And when I, I started realizing when I drove around, I just felt more like, all people, I just have a heart more now for the gas station lady or, or the person walking their dog. We're here right now. Are we sharing the gospel? And are we sharing it at all? Lord, help us be faithful witnesses like Peter was. We're going to close. I'm going to pause before I close this in prayer. And I want you to think. I want you to meditate. I want you to convert, pray, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you, what have you, what are you doing? Whether you are someone who, maybe, be honest, I, I've never really understood the whole gospel, but I thought I was a Christian because I've been coming to church. Or I, I prayed some prayers and he answered my prayers. I got a new job and this and that. I mean, God must be real. I'm a Christian now. Maybe that's fuzzy for you tonight. This is the first time you heard about the life, death, and resurrection of Christ and why him and him alone can save your soul. Repent. Trust in him. Say, Lord, I, I believe what I read. Forgive me of my sins. Maybe you have been struggling with being an unfaithful witness. You have loved ones and friends that you know, you know they don't know Christ. You know they've never heard this stuff. And your wrestle tonight is, oh, help me to believe that this gospel is for them and it's good news. And God, if it please you, let me have the honors to share with them. Know that hymn, I love to tell the story. I love to tell the story, will be my theme and glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Tell the whole story, Nu'uanu. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we confess that we didn't deserve to hear this story. Romans says that what is plain about God, it's, it's made to all, everyone knows there's a God, there's a creator. I mean, you look at the skies, creation, so how can you not, where does all this come from? And yet, thank you for that general revelation. But what we all need is specific revelation of who Christ is and what Christ has done. We want to be a people who profess faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be a people who proclaim the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. We want to be clear for our own soul's sake. I pray for the soul in this room that is unsure. They're not quite sure, God. If they were to perish and die tonight, they don't know what would happen after. I pray that you would continue to stir in their soul 
to want to hear and understand and make sense of that. I pray that this evening you would lead them to speaking with a brother or a sister or someone in the house and walk through the word of God until it clicks. I pray that you grant all of us courage, love, love for our neighbors, to see people with different eyes, to see that this is, this is for all people. Forgive us for our partiality. Forgive us for judging. Forgive us for presuming and assuming. We don't know, like we've learned through this whole, this whole conversion story of Cornelius. Peter didn't know what you were doing in Cornelius' life. And you set it up, and all Peter needed to do was preach it. So would you do more of that in our midst? Set it up now, Lord. Sovereignly set it up and give us your spirit to send it faithfully, all of it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.